Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Today, I have the privilege of speaking for speaking before you. Um, thank you guys for coming to church. As I pass away, we want to give them honor, uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor PD, as I like to call him, uh, PD and, and our First Lady Courtney. We give them their honor in their absence. Amen. Uh, so today we're going to, I was given a task and I was asked to talk about living in a digital Babylon. Amen. It's going to be, I hope it blesses you like it's blessed me as, it, as I've been studying it and, and meditating on it and going through it. It's been blessing me and definitely been um, challenging uh, living this living this message out and living these ideas out, but I um, hope you guys get something out of this. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for this time together of fellowship. We honor you. We honor your, um, this church, Lord, that you have set here in Perthamboy for a reason and for this season. We, I pray that you speak through my mouth, think through my mind. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, pleasing in your sight, oh Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Man. So living in a digital Babylon, um, and if you guys can turn your, turn your Bibles to Daniel chapter 1, we'll be, we'll be getting there in a few moments. But recently, most of you probably have seen it. If you have not, um, I encourage you to look, look up this video after, after church. Not right now, after church. There's a video going around talking about TikTok. Who uses TikTok in here? Anybody? <laughs> Man. So if you don't know, TikTok was created. Um, in China, it was created by a company in China, and unlike America, Chinese is a communist regime, right? So everything in China is either controlled or funded by the government. Um, so what happened with this, 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 in this video it talks about how TikTok, or their version of TikTok, was created in China, and then they shipped a different version of TikTok to the rest of the world. So in China, the version of TikTok, or I forgot what the name they call it, it's a specific Chinese name, but the version of TikTok that is shown in China um, talks of, it, it pushes, it's very different from the version that we have here in the state, states, right? So it, for, for people under a certain age, there are time limits on it. I believe there was like an hour and a half that children or, or kids can use this, this application. And on it, most of the information that's given to kids are, um, Educational videos, videos about science, videos about astronomy, uh, government propaganda videos, so encouraging patriotism and different things like that. Um, and but the version that we have here in the West and in the U.S. and Europe is what? We're, what are they pushing? Dance videos and prank videos and basically entertainment. So basically, so what? It's the, the video is showing you that um, as of right now we're not really seeing the effects of it, but what you're seeing is the the, the mindset of our youth and kids and people that are, that are entertaining these apps are changing, right? So in China, you're seeing kids that are aspiring to be astronauts and scientists and engineers, where you have here in, this, in the States, kids are now aspiring to be YouTubers, entertainers, and influencers. And obviously, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm going to say, say that multiple times throughout this message that there's nothing inherently wrong with wanting to be a YouTuber. Uh, uh, the TikTok star, you know, get your money however you can, right? Um, but 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 what it's showing, but what it's showing you is that 
basically these things are able to be programmed, program, are able to program our minds and able to program us into what they want us to be. Amen. Um, so what these apps are showing us, especially here in the United States, they're pushing people, they're giving them, allowing them to see a lot of money, allowing them to see a lot of opportunities, allowing them to see a lot of uh, influence, a lot of notoriety from doing very uh, mindless things, right? Things that don't take a lot of tasks, they don't take a lot of skill, things that don't take a lot of energy, but they're getting a lot of money and they get a lot of opportunities. So now they're training the next generation of kids to see, to do what? I can make a lot of money by not really using my mind, right? And not using any skills and not gaining any skills and not really doing anything. Amen? Um, so it's showing us that, um, that we are able, that they are able to pre-program. And it's not, by, it's not by accident, right? Like the reason that you're, it, that you're addicted, and for me, I don't really use TikTok. I, I, I don't use it because I have enough problems with Instagram, right? I have enough problems trying to fight that addiction. So I, I don't even touch TikTok. So one time, a couple of times people send me videos on TikTok, I just end up standing, spending minutes just going next video, next video, next video. So I, I really stay away from that. But what it's showing is you're not addicted to these things but on accident, right? It's, you're not addicted. These are highly educated, highly skilled people, psychologists, the, the whole trade that are, in, that are um, intentionally trying to keep you addicted, intentionally trying to keep you on the app. Um, it, even, you know, all the apps, they don't, pro, they don't promote any links, anything that takes you outside of their uh, environment. Amen. But so it's showing that these are intentionally programming us. And even as Christians, we should be even be more aware of how these things are affecting us and changing us into what, they're, what they want us to be. Amen. So living in a digital Babylon. So whether we know it or not, these things that we, that we consume are programming us, um, and they're so good at it, and they're able to, you know, even sometimes you see ads or you see different things before you even realize you wanted that thing, right? Before you even real, realize, oh, I wanted a new car. They're showing you a new car. They're showing you this app. That I, didn't think I, needed, I didn't think I needed that, but now I need it, right? Uh, but now I need this new, this new thing. So as Christians, we need to be more aware of how these digital creations are intended to draw us away from the things of God, right? We use, obviously at this church, we use YouTube, we use Spotify, we use all the stuff, but it, in, inherently it's not designed for the pursuit of God. It's not designed for the pursuit of holiness. So we use them in, in the way that God has called us to do, but we need to be aware that the intent that is the way it's designed it's not designed for us as believers. Amen. So we, here we'll see in Daniel um, about how Daniel, uh, and, Daniel and, his, and his three friends are now entering uh, a, a new land called, a, a different land called Babylon. Um, and we'll see how they're living in this Babylon society and how they are able to navigate these different things. Amen. So Babylon was created by uh, a city founded, uh, a, a, a city, a, a nation founded by Nimrod. Um, and it will, let's jump to Genesis. Hold your place in Daniel. And we'll jump to Genesis chapter 11. And we'll see the origins of Babylon. Amen. So Genesis 11. And we'll read the first one through nine. And it says, Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. 
And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower which is top in the heavens, with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have one language, and this is the only beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of the earth. So here we see the origins of the town of, ba of, 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 of Babylon, which was in, in this verse is called the, the Tower of, of Babel. And the area is called Babel, which eventually becomes Babylon. So here, Babylon was founded by a group of people that was intended to be on the same level of God. All right? That was their, that was, that's their mission from the inherent, from the beginning, from the origins of Babylon, that, hey, we as a people, we can come together and we can be just like God. And we can do everything that God wanted, that, that God thinks that, that, that God uh, we can be just like God. We can create our own environments. We can make a lot of money. We can do anything that we want in this town. And God come, comes down and says, nah, this is not how I want it. And he confuses everybody, so it becomes a, uh, a city of confusion. All right? So here, uh, and then we'll, now we're reading in Daniel how Daniel um, and his three friends come into, the, into Babylon. So Babylon represents a metropolitan city. It represents a city that is not uh, in opposition. How it differentiates from Jerusalem and from the and from the people of Israel is that the people of Israel are is a is a and Jerusalem is a city created to worship God. It's a city that had that practices the, the Jewish traditions. It, it obeys the law. It follows the law. It follows the commandments of God. But Babylon, in difference of that, does not follow anything of God. They create their own rules. They make up their own gods. They have a bunch of gods. It's a polytheistic nation where they have. Many different gods, many different things that they worship, that they serve, and, and that they do. So it's a, it's a self-centered city, the city that's promoting themselves, metropolitan city. They're a very rich city. Um, so think of it. I don't want to call New York City Babylon. I don't, I don't want to go that far. I know a lot of people have in the past. But think about it as a New York City environment where it's a metropolitan city. They have a lot of money. They have a lot of influential people. They are doing big things in this city. Um, so now let's jump over to Daniel, and we'll see how Daniel is able to navigate this city. Amen. Y'all with me so far? Um, <clears throat> man. So now in Daniel, we'll see how the, the nation of Babylon have, has turned its attention to the surrounding nations. They're, they're turning their attention to the surrounding nations, trying to capture the surrounding nations and grow their nation expand their mind of thought, expand how they do things, and, and influence the rest of the nations that surround it. So in Daniel chapter 1, it starts off and says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. 
And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. So here you see that Nebuchadnezzar was able to capture Jerusalem and besiege it, right? So he comes into Jerusalem. He captures um, this land. He takes all of their, 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 their riches that are in the temples and brings them into their temples. So here Babylon is coming in and taking all of the riches that were belonged to, to Yahweh, belonged to God, and brings them into their house. And just like, um, <clears throat> just like that, Babylon is interested in the riches and the things of, and, and the, the, the benefits of God, benefits of the children of God, same way that digital Babylon and even um, you know, Babylon and society are interested in capturing all of the riches, all of the benefits from God without having God himself. Amen? So they're all interested. Like, I'm going to take everything that you set up for your God and to worship your God, and I'm going to take it and to worship my God. Amen? All of, you know, all of the things, and, you're going to, and we're going to bring them into our house. Amen? So let's continue. Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of nobility, youths without blemish, of good appearance, and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. Amen. 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 So here we see that Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar wasn't just interested in taking the riches of the people of God, right? He wasn't just, he didn't just want the, the riches and the vessels and the, and, the, and the great things. What he actually wanted was the people himself, themselves. He wanted the people, right? So he commands his people to say, okay, I'm going to get all the, all the good looking men, all the people of nobility, you know, like myself. And, 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 and he's like, I'm going to take them and, and, and bring them into my house, right? So what he was trying to do is not just make not just take the children of Israel's stuff. He wanted to take the children of Israel and convert them into Babylonians, right? So what he did here is say, okay, um, just like in our society, what he's going to do is take all the people that have influence, right? All the people that have that if have influence in the Christian church, in our church, in our society, in our circles, and we're going to bring them into our house and we're going to treat them really well, right? And the, with the goal in mind that I'm going to treat them really well, I'm going to give them riches, I'm going to give them notoriety, I'm going to give them fame, I'm going to give them everything, and this way, the rest of the people are going to follow them, right? The rest of the, it's going to be, if I can get the, the good-looking people and the people that are, like, that are killing it in the church, then the rest of the church is going to follow with me, right? And the rest of the church is going to be just like the world, the rest of the church is going to be just like the Babylonians. So that was, that was Nebuchadnezzar's intent that he can take the, 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 the people that are looked up to in the church and give them everything that the Babylonian, that the Babylon has to offer. Nebuchadnezzar knew that he needed foreign subjects, right? So because his goal wasn't just to be, grow Babylon, but he was also to expand Babylon, expand that thinking throughout the rest of the world and, and grow his kingdom. And if I can get, and if I can take the children of Israel and make them Babylonians, now I can take them and then go to the next nation and go to the next nation and go to the next nation and keep doing the same thing, right? So 
it's not just, it wasn't just enough for him to just take their stuff, right? Because he needed them. He needed the people. He needed their minds. He needed their, their attention. He needed their, their time. He needed everything from the people. He couldn't just come in like we see in, in wars today and destroy the people. Because that doesn't grow his kingdom. That doesn't, that doesn't increase what he wants to do. That just, you know, destroys another nation. But if he can grow that nation organically by just converting the, their thinking and changing the way they think into Babylonians, then that is more beneficial for him. Amen. So here, and we, so we see that even in, in, you know, we have seen that in our church, right? Where you see people, not in, not in our specific church, but in the church, even in specifically in America, where you see um, influential people that started off as strong believers, right? Started off as Christians, started off, they, 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 they get on TV, they're talking about Jesus, talking about stuff. And then, you know, they get an interview with Oprah and then they get a they get an endorsement deal with Target, you know, and then they start making more money. And then, you know, later down the line, they're no longer saying the same stuff that they used to say. Right. They're no longer interested in talking and spreading the gospel because they're not they have too much at stake. They have too much to lose by saying the wrong thing, by speaking the truth, by talking about the things of God. So they're going to be quiet. And what does that teach the other, everybody else? I, we just be quiet too, right? We're not going to say anything. And everybody's like, oh, you know, it just, just comes down the line and it just changes the thinking of the rest of the people. So Babylon is not just trying to get your things, but Babylon here is trying to get your identity, right? They don't want you to be the children of God anymore. If I can capture your mind and capture you, I can turn you into Babylonians. I could just turn you into... And just like everybody else. And that's Nebuchadnezzar's, that's Nebuchadnezzar's goal here. So here we see Daniel and his three friends um, coming into Babylon. So then and come, can, we'll continue um, in verse 5. The king assigned them a daily portion of food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years. And at the end of the time, they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. So Daniel and his three friends are now among these elite group of people that Nebuchadnezzar is bringing into her circle. Y'all with me so far? It's getting hot in here. It's not? Mm -hmm. Hot up here. <laughs> um, <laughs> amen. So, Thank you. Thank you, Brother Alfred. Um, so now Daniel and his three friends are in, in this nation. So think about Daniel um, and his three friends as they were taken into captive and brought from their homeland in Israel into the metropolitan, area, metropolitan um, culture of uh, land of Babylon. So, and then the king offers them, you know, the best education the best everything, right? You get best food, you can have the best food, the, king, the food that the king eat, the, the wine that the king drinks, eat with the king. You get, they're getting offered the best of the best. They're, treated, they're being treated really well. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cultural shock for them, right? So they're coming from Israel where the nation is observed Sabbath. The nation as a people are are following the commandments. They're following the law. It's, not, it's out of the ordinary for somebody to do things not in servitude of, of Yahweh, not in servitude of the rest of the, 
rest of the church, the rest of the people. But now they're in Babylon where that's out of the ordinary, right? Where people aren't, people aren't going to church, you know, and I'm talking now in our context. Now they're in a different context where people aren't going to church on Sundays, right? People aren't praying. People aren't fasting. It's not, it's not normal for the, for the Babylonians to do these things to operate as Israelites or in our context for people to operate as Christians, right? So they're in this environment. And, and as we are navigating, um, you know, social media and, and just media in general, uh, we're in a space where it's not, they're not encouraging us to do the things that we do as Christians, right? They're not encouraging us to do, um, to follow our practices, to go to church on Sundays, to do the things that we do. Um, <clears throat> that is not that is not the thing. So, but but at the but at the at the same time, they're being treated with better things, right? They're getting better things. So even us as Christians, sometimes it may seem like, oh, these people in the world. They're not praying, they're not fasting, they're not tithing, they're not confessing, they ain't speaking in tongues, they're not doing any of this stuff, but they got way more stuff than we got, right? Though sometimes we see that, like, oh, they're, they're killing it, but they're not doing any of this stuff, right? So what is, what's Babylon is showing you that, hey, I can give you everything that you thought you wanted in the faith and, and practicing Christian, and you get even more, right? And it was as training to you, I don't need to keep fasting, I don't need to keep going to church, I don't need to keep doing all these things. And everybody just slowly starts moving towards the things of the world and the things of, of the Babylon society that I'm getting, I can get more. I can kill it. I, the, the, the wealthiest people that I know, they, they ain't tithing. You know what I mean? <laughs> the wealthiest, the people that I know that, 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 are, that are doing, the, they're, not, they're not tithing to church, right? So that, that, how does that impact your faith? How does that impact how you come? And they're not praying, they're not fasting, they're not doing any of this stuff. But it seems from the outward level that they're getting way more. But we'll learn that that stuff is empty. Amen? We'll learn that it's empty. So can you imagine Daniel and his three friends? They're coming into the city. They're, they're foreigners exiled to an existence without, which is polar opposite to the ones that they've been, what, which they have been raised in. So now they're, they're posed with a couple of questions. Are they going to adapt? Are they going to compromise? Are they going to change who they are? Are they going to start being like somebody, you know, being somebody different? Were they, are they going to remain faithful to Yahweh? Or are they going to just throw everything that they know, everything they learn out, the, out of the window? Um, so then we'll keep going. You know, so, I, I, you know, so as Christians, sometimes we feel that we, we may be boxed in to a world count, counter to how we're taught in our Bibles, where it seems that everything in contrary to what we're taught and what we're believing and what we're having faith in is the things that are working. But we know that's not true, amen? And that's a lie. So, um, so Daniel, so let's keep going. Uh, and so in verse 7, and it says, And the chief of the uh, eunuchs gave them names. Daniel, he called Belteshazzar. Hananiah, he called Shadrach, Mishael. He called Meshach, Azariah, he called Abednego. So you see, they start changing who they are. They're starting to change their names. You know, Daniel didn't take these names, but they're starting to give them new names. I'm going to give you a new identity. But Daniel, but in verse 8, it says, But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him to not defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief 
of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord, the king, who assigned your food and your drink. For why should he see that you were in worse condition than the youths who are of your own age? So you would endanger my head with the king. Then Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, test your servants for 10 days. Let us, let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our parents and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. Um, and so he listened to them in this manner and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. So the steward took away their food and the wine they, they were to drink and gave them vegetables. So here, um, Daniel and his three friends came to a point where they're being offered everything by the Babylonians. Um, and I found it interesting. Daniel didn't have a problem with their education. He didn't have a problem with learning their trades, learning their skills, adapting to their culture, um, and being in their culture. So as we're navigating uh, these, social, these, these media, uh, our phones, our devices, even um, just, just this world in general, it is, it is perfectly fine and it's encouraged to take their education. You know, YouTube, Udemy, Coursera, all these things. There's so much education available in the, in the world, right? You can get master's level worth of education on YouTube nowadays, right? You can get world-class education. So Daniel's like, yo, I'll take all of their education. I'll learn their trades. I'll be in their culture. We're in this culture. It's okay. There's not a problem with culture. Daniel doesn't have a problem with culture, doesn't have a problem with being uh, with, with adapting and navigating this culture, being at the king's table, doesn't have a problem with that. But where he, he draws the line where? At the food. Basically, Daniel's saying, you can, I can take everything, and I, you, I, now I can be part of the culture, but you're not going to have me, right? I'm not going to be a full, I'm not going to be a Babylonian. I can be a part of this culture. I can be in it. I can take everything that you want to give me, but I'm not going to become you. I'm going to continue to be uh, in a child of God. I'm going to operate as a child of God in the way I eat. I'm not going to become, and the old adage is, you are what you eat, right? So Daniel's like, I'm not going to become you. I can take everything. I can, I can get all the education. I get all the information. I can gather everything, but I'm not going to become you. So in this, we know that as we navigate in these things, we have to draw the line somewhere. And, and you know, obviously, everybody, for everybody, it could be different. Everybody, as we, it could be, I think a simple way um, for, I guess, for us to draw a line is that, that you're not going to have my mornings. And that's, that's hard for me, right? <laughs> so simply, I, I can have this device all day, but you're not going to have my mornings. My mornings are going to be dedicated to, to the Lord. My mornings are going to be dedicated to things of God. It's a simple way to start. I'm going to draw the line at, I'm not going to touch my phone the first thing in the morning, right? I'm not going to turn on the, I'm not going to turn on the news first thing in the morning. The morning, I'm going to set apart for the things of God. Or somebody else, it could be the evenings, right? I could be like, I, I, before I go to bed, I'm not going to touch my phone. I'm not going to fall asleep with the phone in my hand. I'm going to fall asleep in the presence of God. Or it could be a time limit. I'm going to draw a line at an hour a day, two hours a day, whatever the case may be for, for you. But I think that's a good way for us to start to draw the line. So I'm going to draw the line. I'm not going to be 
I'm going to continue. To, I'm going to be a child of God, but I'm going to draw a line somewhere. I could be a part of it. There's nothing wrong with these apps. There's nothing wrong with these things, right? You have to set up. You have to set yourself to say, "I'm going to consecrate this time to the things of God." Amen. So, uh, so these these four men entered Babylon um, by force. They were they were not. Uh, they they didn't go there by choice, but. They, but they were given a promise, a false promise, of a much easier life uh, with every pleasure of their disposal. And if they would not, if they chose not to resist, they would become their new identities. They would become Babylonians. But they, we see here that they fought in opposition to that. Um, let's continue going down. As for these, verse 17, as for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So we see here that in, in our Babylonian society, in our Babylonian, in our digital Babylon, God is still with us. And throughout the rest of Daniel, we'll see Daniel in the lion's den. We'll see their four, his, his, the, the three friends in, in the furnace. And God is walking with them each step of the way. And God is going to continue to be there with you. Um, each step of the way. We're walking in countercultural as Christians. We're counter this world. If you start seeing that you're too much like the world, then you need to really you know, go back to the last three, <laughs> the last three sermons, right? About, about a person in church and, and guarding your heart, right? And, and I definitely encourage you guys to, to listen to those. But if you start to becoming more like this society, you start realizing that you, your heart does not... Um, does, does not uh, focus on the things of God or break, your, you know, your heart does not break at the sight of sin in your life, then you need to examine how much of the society are you becoming like and how much of the world are you becoming like and are you identifying more with the things of this society versus the things of God. Um, but as we're walking through that, as we're navigating that, God is going to continue to be there with us and God is going to grace us give us wisdom, what to avoid, what not to partake in, places not to go, places to go, people to talk to, friends to have. You know, God is going to supernaturally provision all of these things on our behalf and that we're not alone. Amen. We're not alone in this, in this walk. We have each other, right? God gave us the church as a family that we can walk to, walk with each other and we can, you know, have our own, you know, culture here uh, in this church and, and seeking God and, and navigating this world together. Amen. And he also gave us his Holy Spirit and his guidance. Amen. So, <clears throat> um, so here, one thing I do want to emphasize is that Daniel and his three friends did not, uh, did not, did not partake in this meal or abstain from this meal for any legalistic reasons, right? They didn't abstain from this meal to feel like, oh, I'm better than the rest. Because I'm pretty sure, you know, Nebuchadnezzar didn't just pick these four people. They picked other people as well. So they didn't, they didn't stop not take this meal. So I'm better than, than those people over there. They're eating the king's meat, <laughs> you know? So as, as Christians, it's not, we're not abstaining. I'm not, I'm not drawing 
drawing any lines or abstaining from things and, and seeking God to make me feel that I'm better than somebody else that's doing it, right? I'm like, oh, like I'm not, oh, they use TikTok, oh, they're not really, they're not really saved. Or, you know, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter, oh, they're not really a Christian like me. I'm really loving the Lord. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not for us to make us feel any, to build pride in us or to make us feel better than somebody else or that God doesn't want us to do these things or any legalistic reason that we, I don't think, I don't think, it, there's no indication that eating this meal um, was a specific sin. Even talks, even Jesus in the in New, New Testament talks about how, um, you know, it's not what goes into the body that defiles the man, but what, what comes out, right? So it's the heart that is what defiles the person. So I don't think there's any natural sin in Daniel and his friends eating this meal. So there's no natural, there's no sin in us using these apps or using these things, but we don't want these things to have us. And it, we don't want to feel better than anybody else because we don't use these things. Amen. Um, and also pray for uh, our brothers and sisters that are in notables position. Right. I have you have to have a lot of grace. You know, the Lecrae, Kirk Franklin, all of the people that we think about that get notoriety in the world, because this is hard. Right. It's hard to have notoriety from the world and also walk in the and walk uprightly. I can't, because if, hey, if I was given those positions, I'd probably be doing, be doing worse, a lot worse than they, they are, right? I'll be up there cutting, cutting up, cutting up. But uh, so I give, give them a lot of grace and give them a lot of, a lot of, a lot of prayer, a lot of grace, a lot of, um, a, a, a lot of, a lot of prayer. And for those Christians that we know in, in notable position in the world, you know, even Christians that are running companies. It's, it's hard, right? You can, they can cancel you for anything at these point, at the, these days, right? For saying anything, um, not anything, but saying certain things that are, in, that are in aligning with our faith. So pray for those people and, and show them grace. Um, allow them to, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to mess up, but we know that God is with them and that we as a people have their backs. Amen. Um, <clears throat> So God gave Daniel favor. He gave them compassion in the sight of the eunuchs. He walked with them. Um, he allowed them to, uh, and, and he, he, he recognized that Daniel and his three friends drawing the line there, and he, 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 promote, he ended up promoting them, giving them wisdom, giving them more opportunities, right? Because they showed themselves faithful, and they showed themselves to not be conforming. So as we're are navigating these things, we're showing ourselves faithful to God. God's going to give us more. If we're able to be faithful in the little bit that, uh, that we have, in the little bit of notoriety, the little bit of things that we have, promotions on our jobs, promotions on social media, promotions in this world, and we are faithful in those things, God's going to keep giving us more. And God will show us, all right, these persons, this person can handle a little bit of, uh, of fame. You know, you have a, a little reel that goes, <laughs> that goes a little viral or something like that and you're able to stay faithful, God, God will be able to give you some more. Amen? Um, I have a couple, couple points here, and then we can pretty much wrap up. Church is going to be ending early today. Amen? PD says, like, you got to pray for an hour. I'm like, let me preach for an hour. I'm like, an hour? Like, you can, I don't know how people talk for a whole hour. Like, right now, my, like, my, my throat is dry. <laughs> Like, you guys want to hear me talk for an oh, hour? So, you know, shout out to PD. Daniel talked for like two hours straight. 
and love it. And love the whole two hours. I'm like, I'm struggling. The other day I was interviewing some people like 40 minutes and they were supposed to interview somebody else afterwards. I'm like, I gotta talk for another 40 minutes. This is nuts. I don't I don't like this. Right. I don't like I can't talk for that long. But um, so shout out to the people that can to talk, you know, talk for a long time. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Take, take, take my time. Um, so there's a book I was reading, and I definitely encourage you guys to read this book. It's called Faith for Exiles. Um, and he, he makes a couple points that I, I want to share with you. So what, number one is, for the purpose of developing a resilient identity, we must experience intimacy with Jesus. <clears throat> you can't have spiritual resilience and be able to uh, remain in faith in this life without spending intimate time with Jesus, right? That's where we get our power from. That's where we get our encouragement in the time that we are down, in the times that we are um, feeling lost, feeling discouraged. We get our boldness, our strength from our intimate time with Jesus. So as that's the only, that's the main way, if you don't get anything from this, get that, that for developing a resilient identity, we must spend time, intimate time with Jesus. Now, point number two, in a complex and anxious age, developing the muscles of cultural discernment. So we have to understand the voice of Jesus. We have to understand the things of God, the voice of Jesus, and be able to differentiate that from the things of the world that we can know his voice would tell us where to go, where not to go, what to do, what to partake in, where to draw the line, you know, and, and so forth. We have to develop that cultural discernment. No, okay, this is cultural, which is perfectly fine, and, and this is also sin. And this is sin, which I'm going to stay and I'm going to, I'm going to abstain from. Uh, number three is when isolation and mistrust are the norms, form, forge meaningful intergenerational relationships. So one of the lies, especially of social media and just media in general, is that it can give you a false sense of camaraderie and relationship. Um, there's been times I've had group chats and we, we've texted, you know, I think about my, my college friends, we have, a, we have a group chat and I love them like, like my brothers, and we would have group chats and we'll text and we'll do all that stuff. But then I haven't seen, I mean, we're rare that we see, we might see each other like once a year, once every two years, or something like that. But once we get together, it's still, I still feel like we have to catch up. You know, we, like, we text every day, but it feels like I, I still don't know you, you know what I mean? So it can give you a false sense of, of camaraderie and relationship. And especially nowadays, post-pandemic, people are attending churches online and, you, and in the comment section. You think you're having relationship with people in the comment section. You think you're having uh, you think you're understanding people and learning people and building relationships, but in fact, you're really not. You know, you're still isolating yourself. And that's one of the, the main lies of social media. And even and, and if you have kids that, that play on these things and, and, and uh, communicate on these apps, you can make feel like, oh, I, I know that person. But in real life, they're not, no, nobody knows you. You know, you're giving off a false sense of, of identity of who you are, they they only know who you are based off what you're posting and what you share on social media. They're not really knowing you, and you're not really knowing other people. So uh, <clears throat> fight against that. Come, you know, one one great way is to come to church, come to church, come in fellowship. Every time we we gather together uh, for prayer and 
and studies and things like that come together, um, you know, set up, set up uh, other opportunities for you guys to fellowship, to build relationships with one another so you can know each other and grow with, grow with, each, grow with each other. In, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know. Grow with each other and gain trust and not be isolated. Um, especially for uh, us men, like a lot of times, um, isolation is where the devil can get to us. You know what I mean? Like when we're, when we're by ourselves, we're thinking, of, we're only thinking, we only have our thoughts, we only have our, uh, we're only engaging in our own thoughts, we get deep in our thoughts, and that's where a lot of our, our faith can be challenged. Now we can find a lot of challenges there. Amen? Um, Number four, to ground and motivate an ambitious generation, train for voc- vocational discipleship. So, <clears throat> um, so train the next generation, right? So this is the next generation that are being raised on these apps. Get involved in, the, in their lives. And I know we, we have some great things planned here with the children and then the youth. Um, get involved in, in their lives and train them for discipleship, train them to show, to teach the next generation, disciple the next generation, and, you know, reach out to the next generation and take them, you know, out, outside of, and take them into the real world and let them understand the things of the real world outside of, um, you know, the, the social world or the digital world. Amen. So number five, curb entitlement and self-centered tendencies by engaging in counter-cultural mission. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. We have to understand that it's not just about you and I, it's not just about you and me, but it's about engaging the world through the cause and mission of Christ, right? So we get involved in, in the mission of Christ, get involved in spreading his gospel, doing the things, you know, great, uh, even the, the, the cleanup in the neighborhood, get involved in things outside of yourself, right? Get involved in things that are bigger than you, that are not just feeding your natural desires, not just feeding the things that you want to, you know, your natural desires or your natural inclinations or tendencies. Um, Amen? Amen. So navigating in in the digital world. So to wrap up, we are countercultural Christians. God has called us for this specific time, this specific season to live in this world that is continually drawing us away from the things of God. Be mindful that the system that we're, the society that we're set up in, this digital society that we're engaging in, and it's going to only continue to get worse, right? More engaging, the the metaverse, all that stuff, um, is going to continue to be more drawing to our kids, to the next generation, but we are made for more. And definitely for our kids, it's not, you know, obviously I'm going to say it again, there's nothing wrong with these things, we believe our kids are capable of more, right? They're capable of more. They're capable of being, you know, great engineers, being great children of God, preachers, prophets, all that, all those things that they're not just made here for entertainment, right? Especially you know, our black and brown kids. We're not, we, God didn't just put us here to entertain people. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not, just here to, we're not just here to dance for people and to entertain people. We're here for more. And so... You, and so the same way these apps are programming us and programming the next generation, we can program them as well. And we can set up our house, we can set up our society, our church to program them into a way that the God is calling them to be. 
and that they're made for more. They're great businessmen, they're great engineers, they're great all these things. And it's, yeah, scientists, astronauts, right, Elijah? <laughs> yeah, he's gonna make vibratum, there we go. Yes, we're here to build Wakanda for the glory of God. <laughs> no, but we are, you know, God's called us for a lot more and, 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 and it breaks my heart that, <clears throat> that the, if the kids think that I can only be a, a YouTuber or an influencer, right? But there's a lot, and it's, obviously there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, if, you, if God's called you to do that, do it, you know what I mean? But we are also, we are called for a lot more. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your grace to allow us to, to help us as we navigate this digital Babylon and this world that is not set up um, for your glory, Father. We thank you that you are allowing us to be here for this time. We thank you for favor um, with men and women in high places. We thank you for that you are giving us the wisdom, giving us understanding of how to navigate, how to move, where to draw the lines. Um, and Father, we thank you. And we pray that uh, your people are blessed by this, and we pray that you bring us, bring us to our members as we walk this week, and we thank you. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200, or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.